It's our Clash of Champions 2020 preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. I was very tempted, very tempted to download the WWE Battlegrounds app game that has been hyped for weeks on WWE programming and anything associated with it. Why? Because I think I might be more interested in a very weird WWE app than this (laughs) pay-per-view. It's Clash of Champions 2020. It's uh, Torre's favorite time of the month where we end up covering a pay-per-view that some people care about, other people don't care about. We have never missed a pay-per-view. We have not missed a pay-per-view since, what, SummerSlam 2018? And we did the review show. We did not do a preview and prediction show of that. So technically, we are still flawless on every pay-per-view we've covered because we only did one show for SummerSlam 2018. We have not missed a WWE pay-per-view. That streak continues with this show, which, of course, is taking place at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, because that is essentially now the uh, home base for WWE events. That's fine. That being said, by the way, the, by the, way, the tagline for this show is Gold Rush. I don't ask. I don't ask. It's not like gold dust is coming back. It's not like Stardust is coming back. It's not like Goldberg is coming back. And it's not like Leo Rush is on this show. However, speaking of mm, what a rush, there was some very sad news this week. Road Warrior Animal has passed away. What a loss. For the wrestling business, um, he spoke ad nauseum about a lot of different things involved in the wrestling business, a lot of it tag team related, um, and how he wanted, or he basically his vision of the wrestling business in general, his contributions to uh, the wrestling business when it comes to several different promotions, um, just as a performer, a road warrior animal. Uh, passes away, and so uh, here on the Double Turn Podcast, I just wanted to open the show before we get started in saying that uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, Agreed, man. Passing away at the age of 60. Him, Hawk passed away a few years back, you know. It's it's been rough, man. It's been rough. It's, It's sad they both died at a relatively younger age, not, not, not like in their 40s or anything like that, but you know, around that like middle-aged mark and you know it, it sucks you know but uh our condolences to the wrestling world and our condolences to his family in particular i know his son james is uh was a foot was an nfl player for for a bit of time he was a standout linebacker at at ohio state um and of course brother of you know one of the what, and I say this in all honesty, one of the better general managers Raw has ever had, John Laurinaitis, of course. My name is John Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis and I am the executive vice president, vice president of Talent Relations. Talent Relations. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Big Johnny. Shout out to Big Johnny. And, Who, uh, uh, he, he was 
is he dating or married to is it Nikki Bella's mom? He is he is married to okay. Bree and Nikki Bella's mother. Yes. Okay. So, there you go. So that's I, I I wanted to make sure I got that straight. I know yeah, we're so he's I know we're talking about Daniel Bryan's father in law. I know I know what a what a storyline that would be. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I I wanted to make sure we got that in because this show I have to tear apart. I have to. So, before we get into it, Clash of Champions, this is the Double Turn Podcast. We crossed our two-year anniversary show. If you want to catch this show and every other show that we've ever done, you can check us out on the Double Turn. It's under the podcast section. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. Our Instagram page, of which Jorge is slaying the game, the Double Turn Podcast. We talk about a lot of things, topics, stuff we're doing this week important stuff that's going on in the wrestling business, anything and everything. Uh, we're in our nice little wrestling community, but you can find us on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. The one and only GMN19, Ross the Robots 85, those are our personal accounts. Any of those places, you can hit us up with ideas, comments, questions, anything at all, wrestling-related, whatever. We like it. We love you guys as a fan base. Uh, of course, like, share, subscribe, do all those good things that you do. Uh, we like to put out, or we think we put out, a very good product every week, and uh, we want to keep this going. So if you want not only WWE content, uh, past and present, we do talk Impact Wrestling on this show. We do talk AEW on this show. Hell, we even talk New Japan on this show. So, I mean, in in, in varying degrees, but uh, Ross, we've and, got and to, even Ross brings up NWA Power when he remembers. That's I do. Yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, ever since this whole – thing that's been going on uh in the world it's kind of derailed a lot of just well watching when it comes to wrestling i for one cannot wait until we get back into our weekly uh rundowns and stuff like that of what's on in the wrestling business presently but it has been a nice change of pace to do some other things but this is a staple of what we do we go over every single pay-per-view that is wwe related uh, we do talk AEW and, of course, Impact and everything else. But WWE, it's Clash of Champions. What a show this is going to be. There are nine matches on the card. <sighs> Gosh. You know, I know. I know. I'm supposed to keep an open mind. I know that we've got Survivor Series coming up in November. We've got what Hell in a Cell's in October, or what? Or what's the what's the thing happening? Is there a Saudi show I'm missing in the middle of this too? Well, um, I mean, I don't. Well, here's I don't the thing. think, I don't think so because I'm I, guessing I think they've canceled Saudi shows that's, because that's what I thought. Saudi Arabia is allowing United States citizens to fly in. I don't that's, think so. That's 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 what I thought. So okay, so. I really wish we could do a show about how terrible retribution is, but we can't. So I'll just leave it at it's stupid. Well, hold on. I mean, we could, we just don't want to. Okay. Also, I could go into, uh, what's the guy that's been in raw underground. That's been like absolutely obliterating everybody who just got absolutely destroyed by Braun Strowman recently. I'll tell you, uh, carry on, and I'll tell you in a second because okay. I cannot remember his he's, name for the life. He's he's got some weird name. I forgot it. Somebody was probably yelling through the podcast who it is. Yeah, so Braun Strowman just killed that guy in Raw Underground. That's great. So 
this show, nine matches. I have lots of questions as to why That's some a lot of these of matches. matches. Let me tell you. So I have a really big question about how some of these matches got set up because I had to remember some of them. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just want to kind of just jump into this because I'm sure there are things we're going to want to talk about. Is it Dabakato? It is. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 the one. That's the one. Yeah, that guy's been absolutely like wrecking house and then Braun Strowman just killed him. Okay, so I'm supposed to take him seriously when he's not in Raw Underground? I don't think so. Okay. So or or how about in how about in Retribution where you just wear a mask and have stupid names? Your your name for Retribution will now be Slappy. There you go. Why? Please. Because 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 why not? Who cares? So some of the some of the members in Retribution really quickly. So we got Dominic Dijakovic for sure. Uh, Dio Madden, former Raw announcer. Mia, Mia Yim. Mia Yim, uh, yep. uh, Keith Lee's girlfriend. Um, and, and oh, who was uh, Aaliyah? Aaliyah from NXT, if I'm not mistaken, is the other is the other lady. The other yeah. So basically, so basically, most of the people that weren't doing a whole lot in NXT and Dominic Dijakovic. Right. Great. Right. Okay. I'm moving on because I could talk an hour about how stupid it is, and we have a pay per view to go over, which is equally going to be dumb. All right, so Tom, here we Tom, go. Tom's going to want to be a part of that show, so I'll let you guys go off on Retribution because I can't defend it anymore. Okay. The pre-show match for the Raw Women's Championship is between – this is not a This is not a joke. It's not a joke. Asuka is defending her Raw Women's Championship against Zelina Vega. Hey, first of all, shout out to Zelina Vega. She's busted her ass to get to this moment. Okay, like that's for that's genuine. I mean Jorge, that. Jorge, would you like to tell the listening audience how she got a raw women's title shot? He slapped Oscar. Okay, so that's literally all match. I can remember. Okay, she, she yeah. didn't. She didn't win a match. Uh-huh. She is a manager, and this is basically an excuse for. They have nothing better for Asuka to do on a pay-per-view in September. Okay. I'm here to tell you right now, if this match lasts more than three minutes, I'm going to scream at my computer and say shenanigans and lots of other bad things that I'm not going to say on this podcast. Asuka wins. I move on with my life. That's fine. That's fine. And I agree with you. I'm just saying, as a person who has enjoyed the evolution of Zelina Vega over the past couple of years, and by the way, let's be okay. Huh, if you're gonna go ahead and do, I move on. I'm not gonna let you do that because I'm gonna have you hang on for one second, ladies and gentlemen. Ross and I have been watching the evolution of Zelina Vega as a manager over the last couple of, actually more than a couple of years, nearly three years when she was with Andrade in NXT and helped them win the NXT Championship. Now, I'm not saying that Zelina is a great wrestler or anything like that. I'm just saying I'm appreciating the evolution of the last few years. It is to be commended. That being said, why on God's green earth she got a Raw Women's title shot is beyond me. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm here to say that I, I agree with you. If this match goes longer than five minutes, I'm going to be very, not, not just shocked, I'll actually be put off. Because here's the thing. Oscar was just involved in... How do I put this? One of the highest profile storylines in women's wrestling over the last two years, at least. Like 
her 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 feud with Sasha and Bailey was really high up there, not just in women's wrestling, but in the in the company as a whole. Where if you would have told me at SummerSlam that Oscar versus Bailey or Oscar versus Sasha would have possibly main evented. It wouldn't have shocked me. I would have been surprised in the sense you're really going to put that over the two men's world titles, but it wouldn't have shocked me because of how much investment that they had put into that storyline. And golly, did they put in some investment into that storyline. So for her to be in that main storyline and then 30 days later, be on the pre-show defending the Raw Women's title, if Asuka had a dick, it got kicked three times. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, I am not envisioning what you just said. So once again, I'm going to move on. We have a United States title match between Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews. By the way, I am uh, on Jorge's side when it comes to the Hurt Business. I have actually very much enjoyed them. Um, I hope this actually does something for somebody. Um, I do have one complaint. Actually, I have one thing that I like and one thing that I will complain about. Go ahead. First of all, I like the fact that they changed their theme. It was recent. It just fits. I like it. And I think they should keep it. I didn't like their first theme. I don't think it fit. So I do like the new change of what they just changed to. However, I'm not going to go on a tangent. I'm just going to say this now. This company must do a better job of marketing t-shirts that are not black. I thoroughly enjoy the Hurt Business shirt. I think it's very cool. Can we just not make it black? That'd be great. Can we have it gold with black lettering instead of black with gold lettering? I think that would be better. Maybe. It, it could look better. I mean, I think of it like a mustard in a way, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. Just need no, to be I a mean, better contrast no. of colors. No, I mean, like, do do old gold with black. Now, I realize what you're going to say. Well, that looks like the University of Purdue colors. Yes. Is there another wrestling shirt out there that looks like that? No. Just saying. Especially since, uh, especially since the UE's colors are more like the Pittsburgh Steelers colors. There it is. You just said it. Or uh, or like the uh, shirt that I proudly wear for the franchise Shane Douglas. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh Plunge. Yeah. Okay, cool so um, do we think there's any reason for Bobby Lashley to lose the belt? I don't. Absolutely not. Absolutely so again, not. Uh, and, oh, okay, so here's, here's another question for you this evening. Uh, I'm guessing Apollo Crews is getting a title shot because he was the last person not in the Hurt Business to hold the title. So this is a rematch? This is the rematch because if I'm not mistaken, okay. Bobby Lashley won the U.S. title at Payback. Okay, so there you yeah. go. So this is, this is, so this this is, is the rematch. rematch. Okay. So even though there was a time period in this company where rematches were not guaranteed, I am fine with this rematch. Um, it, hopefully, it will be good. Because they need to showcase Apollo Cruz's athleticism and Bobby Lashley's power. I'm not saying this match needs to go 15 minutes, but I do think this match needs to go 10. And that's fine. You can I still protect you both guys. And, uh, and I think Bobby Lashley wins pretty convincingly. You not know, saying he's say... Apollo Cruz, but I don't think, I don't think Apollo Cruz is going to be a serious threat. I think maybe Apollo Cruz makes it interesting and keeps it competitive. 
but I but I walk away from the match saying Bobby Lashley just beat him. You know, so. I, I like where your head's at. However, I think the intrigue that most people have had over the last couple of, e- of weeks when it comes to the Hurt Business is the fact that, of course, Cedric Alexander has now become the newest member to it. And he was Which cheating. I like. I, I love it. I mean, you and I have been saying they either needed to add Apollo Crews Cedric Alexander or Ricochet to the Hurt Business. They went with Cedric Alexander, and I think that's an gr- incredible choice. Um, I'm going to say that I think Cedric Alexander, in one way or another, screws over Apollo Crews in order to get Bobby Lashley the victory. Not that Bobby Lashley is going to need the help, but it'll be one of those situations where Apollo Crews might be on the verge of pulling off the upset, and then Cedric Alexander goes ahead and gives him some type of distraction or gets involved and allows Bobby Lashley to go ahead and put on the full Nelson and then uh, go ahead and have him tap out or you know, have him hit whatever move he's going to do to go ahead and beat him. But yeah, Bobby Lash is going to retain. There's no reason for Bobby Lashley to drop that U.S. title. The U.S. title, I think, fits Bobby Lashley right now. It fits the Hurt Business. You know what's been my favorite thing? You and I talked about it from the get-go when it came to the Hurt Business, that even though I'm totally 100% on board with the leader, in a way, and the mouthpiece being MVP, that it still surrounds itself around Bobby Lashley. If you hear MVP talk He's always saying the CEO of the Hurt Business is Bobby Lashley every single time. And I'm like, that's that's it. That's it right there. That's exactly it. MVP's the mouthpiece. But the whole point of the Hurt Business is to get Bobby Lashley to the point that he needs to get to. And you got Shelton Benjamin and now Cedric Alexander. That, I mean, that's how it's, I like it. I like it. There's a lot of good things going on with the Hurt Business. The only thing I would say is, they should have thrown in either Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley or Shelton Benjamin and MVP into the tag in the tag team number one contendership match from last week and made them the number one contenders to to um, the Street Profits. That's all. That's all my thoughts. So that actually transitions very nicely into this match we're going to talk about, which is the Raw Tag Team Title Match between the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel Garza. The uh, Ladder team won a number one contenders match to uh, to compete against the uh, tag team title holders, that being the Street Profits. I have a very bad feeling that they're going to do what they're going, what they should have done a month ago, and I think they're finally going to move the titles. Um, this is this is another instance where I think WWE messed up their timing. Um, the Street Profits needed to lose the belts the first time they faced these guys. And I think they're I, – I, I genuinely think they just missed an opportunity because I'm not saying I don't care, but I don't really care. So I'm just going to say that the belts switch hands on this match. It'll probably be a good match. I've never been a big fan of the Street Profits as a team. I've said this every time we talk about them that Montez Ford will end up being a single star. Uh, Angelo Dawkins will be a guy that will probably work within the company and probably be a tag team somewhere else. And then, I hate to say this, he's probably going to be a guy they end up cutting when it comes to the end of his contract. I'm sorry to say it, that's pretty much where Angelo Dawkins is. That's my opinion. But for this match... Uh, I think this could go 15 and, uh, I'm going to say it's competitive. I'm going to say that the heels totally have some type of screw job finish 
and I'm going to say that they uh, that they steal the titles and they're your new Raw Tag Team Champions, Andrade and uh, Angel Garza. I like where your head's at. I think um, to kind of just piggyback off of really quick there, I won't spend too much time on this, but I don't know if Angelo Dawkins is the type of guy to go ahead and get released after his contract ends. I think he has the potential of being a helping hand. He is a big dude. Um, Vince likes big, big dudes. He always has. He could be a Titus O'Neil type guy. I think he's got the he's got the charisma for it, and it'll just be very interesting as Montez Ford Montez Ford continues to progress after the Street Profits. If we ever do see it, of course, um, how Angelo Dawkins necessarily you know proceeds with his WWE career. But I think he I, I look at him as a very similar dynamic to Titus O'Neil. I just don't know if he's as charismatic as Titus O'Neil because Titus O'Neil. If there's anything about Titus O'Neil, he's got a he's got great charisma. I mean, he's still over to this day over tripping when he was on his way to a Royal Rumble match in Saudi Arabia. Like he's still over for that. Um, and I, I think that takes a lot of talent. And I'm it, I'm paying a compliment to Titus O'Neil. I'm not dissing on him. So I just want to make sure to, to that was my thoughts on that. But I do see your point on Angelo Dawkins. That being said, I agree with you 100%, man. Babe, if if Garza and Andrade do pick up the win. It was a month too late. Am I going to be happy that they do? Yes, because if I, first of all, it'll be it'll be Andrade with gold around his waist again. Um, he's a former United States champion. Now he's going to be a Raw Tag Team champion. Hopefully, it'll be um, Garza with gold around his waist again. He's a former NXT Cruiserweight champion. So I'm 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 fine with this. However. They need to do something better with the storyline that's going on with those two in Zelina Vega. It's too much bickering. It's too much Zelina Vega almost pulling out her hair because she keeps, the two guys are driving her crazy over this point because there, there's too much ego going on. I need it to be that Andrade and Garza get it together and say, we're the raw – if they win, if they win, we're the raw tag team champs. We've gotten our goal. You know, let's just – Let's just be the team that we know we can be. And I know that sounds like a rah-rah speech, but I'm just being serious here for a second because that storyline is getting very tired. Every single week I see Andrade and Garza getting into it because they lost to match. They got rolled up and blah, blah, blah. Or freaking Garza's over here checking on Zelina and Andrade's getting screwed over or vice versa. Like, it's annoying to this point. We've seen that for the last four or five months. And it's not, it's not progressive to me over two guys who are very – very good wrestlers and have been teaming long enough that Ross and I can actually agree and say, these guys are a capable tag team. It's not one of those situations where they just got paired up three weeks ago and they're bickering a la Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I mean, Garza and Andrade have been together since April and we're in September now. Like just quit, quit the crap with the storyline and just put them over and have them flourish in a tag team division that's really, really weak right now. Because if you're not going to have them do that, then you're wasting your time. Keep the tag belts on the Street Profits, which they had it for a really long time, ladies and gentlemen. But Street Profits have been champions since February. And if you're going to do that, then they better be losing the, the, the titles next, next month or in the next couple of weeks to the Hurt Business. And I'm genuinely serious on that. So my pick is give the titles to Garza and Andrade and have them complete their let's be a good cohesive tag team and move on. Well, if that's what you're going to do, then I wouldn't move the belts just to move them again. I would just have them lose and then just have the two of them feud. 
Yeah, I know, but it just seems like the most logical thing to do at this point is give them the titles because I don't – I just – Plus, the street yeah, profits, I just, yeah. Plus, I wouldn't do heels losing to heels. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not say- – I, I agree with you. I, I'm not saying Garza and Andrade need to be losing the titles to the Hurt Business anytime soon. I'm just saying that if Garza and Andrade are not going to beat the Street Profits, then the Hurt Business better be the ones that are picking up the tag team titles in the next month or so. That's what I'm saying. I but agree. For now, I'm going, I'm going Garza and Andrade because I just think that they have a – they could be a really good tag team for the next couple of months, a really good helping hand. And – you know, Zelina's still a great manager. She's not going to be the Raw Women's Champion, so just have her, have them be cohesive as a group. I really don't know where to go next because I'm so absolutely baffled at some of the booking decisions I mean, and matchmaking decisions go, that are coming we, up. So we no, could no, no, go no. Lucha. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. no, no. I think I think I just I think I just want to get this one out of the way because I'm just annoyed by it. Fair enough. Bailey versus Nikki Cross for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, in which Nikki Cross won a fatal four-way between the following competitors to get a shot at the big belt. She beats Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, and Tamina. Okay. First of all, first of all, I understand that apparently they are not ready or she is not cleared to do one-on-one matches, that being Alexa Bliss. Why would you have her in a fatal four-way if she's not winning the match? That's a good question, considering that I'm really enjoying her storyline progression of of being, you know... uh, obsessed with the fiend i'm really liking that so why are you i i, I don't know I, okay. I, don't, I don't think it has to do with her not being cleared because if she wasn't cleared she wouldn't have been in a fatal four-way all right so that's my first question second yeah. question why on earth is tamina in this match that's i mean hey dude, okay. they need the answer is hand. the answer is there is no good reason okay yeah. great um lacey evans i'm fine being in this match Lacey Evans, I'm fine losing in this match. That's fine. She yeah, is she's literally she's literally another person on the roster. They wanted to do a fatal four-way. She's on the SmackDown brand. Fine. Okay. Now, you and I are you and I are gonna disagree about this probably until the end of time or until I see something different. I don't see Nikki Cross as a contender for one of the top two titles in the women's division on the main roster. I'm sorry, I don't see it. I don't care about her work rate. I don't care about the evolution of her character. I don't care about the fact that they think that she's going to be a single star. I don't see it. So if I don't see it, I'm not going to buy into it. And if you're telling me that this entire storyline with Bailey about the implosion with Sasha Banks, if you think I'm actually going to believe that Nikki Cross is going to beat her, I don't know how you're trying to sell that. I really don't. Now, if the because because again here's the problem this is why i would have had sasha banks hold the title because if sasha banks holds the title not doing some type of superstar shakeup at some point or are they doing that after the new year or after wrestlemania 
It's a good question. Doing one soon. So now, if Sasha was still the champion and you wanted her to screw over Bailey and have Nikki Cross be the SmackDown Women's Champion, and then Bailey ends up back on Raw, then that's how those two can feud over that belt, and you can do it that way. Now, I know what the argument is. Well, Sasha and Bailey don't need a title to feud. I disagree. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I, no, that this that feud is entirely built on a women on a women's title. Like that's exactly what that's all about. Karen, I had to, I had to make sure to jump in because I agree with you one hundred percent. No, but uh, it's it's back to the well. They've been off and on feuding and friends and blah blah for years, and it doesn't need to have a belt. No, this needs to have a belt attached to it. So my problem is now, if you take the belt off of Bailey, now there's nothing. There's there's nothing. So at this point, if you're just going to have Bailey ride the championship until uh, Survivor Series, the Rumble, WrestleMania, whatever you decide to do, at this point, I mean, you can take the belt off of any of those shows and I'd probably be fine with it, setting up for anything at WrestleMania, even if it's her getting set up to lose at WrestleMania. But again, I'm all about in a fully scripted show that they have 99.9% control of. They don't have control of injuries. They just don't. And, okay, 99% because they technically don't have any control over if anybody catches COVID. I'll throw that in there, too. So, in an event where they have the majority of the control of what they do, it's – this is, this is why I hate monthly pay-per-views sometimes because there are some pay-per-views where I'm just like, I don't care because they're not going to do anything because it's not believable. So sometimes I wish – I'm not asking for 17 title changes in a year, Vince Russo style, but every once in a while I like when I can watch a pay-per-view and go, oh my gosh, a shock title win because I'm not expecting it and it makes sense. In this case, I don't even see that. And I don't buy into Nikki Cross, so I'm just going to say Bailey retains in a 10-minute match that I'm going to see is forgettable. So here's the thing: I would, to, I don't want to defend my Nikki Cross point per se because I know I've done that in the past a lot. But we're we're in a position right now that when I defended Nikki Cross, I was just trying to go ahead and make the point of Nikki, Nikki Cross can potentially be a SmackDown or Raw Women's Champion in the near future, just not at the particular moment when she was having her first match with Bailey. which, when was that match, Ross? Was that money in the bank or was that at Extreme Rules? I can't remember, but it was earlier over the summer. That's the point. The thing is, Nikki Cross has already feuded with Bailey, And then they're making it seem like, oh, my God, it's Nikki Cross getting another title shot. <laughs> it's like, oh, guys, you guys already just did this three months ago. This is, like, to me, to me, what I would have, and I, this might sound lame, but at the same time, just hear me out for a second. I would have said, give Bailey the month off. She's been champion for nearly a year. She just completely tore apart Sasha Banks. She's done everything that she's supposed to do. She went ahead and smoked Asuka over at SummerSlam. I would have just gone ahead and kayfabe given her the month off as celebration of Bailey or something like that, right? Because there's nobody on the roster except for, okay, let me get this out of the way right now. Ross, you know that blonde that has been featured over the last few weeks that's supposed to be coming to SmackDown in the red Carmella. dress? 
it's Carmella. Like if you, you, you had, I don't want to call anybody stupid, but it's Carmella. It's just I put really, it I, I really hope they're not trying Emelina for the third time because that's what I it agree. looks like. Well, th- I, I agree. And it, it would really frustrate me if they did that for, for a couple of reasons. One, it just hasn't worked. Two, why Carmella? Of all the women on the roster that you could possibly have, do this little gimmick if that's what it's going to be. Why Carmella? Carmella, for the last two years, was one of the women that was taken the most seriously on the main roster. Like, Carmella was booked strong, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, Carmella deserves to be booked strong, mind you. That's, that's, that, let, let me just get that out there. To me, this would have been a perfect scenario to book Carmella versus Bailey. Not saying Carmella was ever going to win, because I don't think that that's going to be the case, because Bailey is above Carmella, first of all. Second of all, the money feud and the money match that we're all waiting for is, is Bailey and Sasha. But Carmella and Bailey, there's a lot of history there because in real life, they're best friends. They would have been able to bring that into WWE storyline. They've already kind of done that in the past, but never really gone full bore on it. And I'm not saying go full bore on it now because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of story there, but at least there's a nice startup where Carmella's a big enough name that you could put her in the ring with Bailey and people would be not just entertained, but intrigued that they'd be like, Ooh, what a nice wrinkle, Carmella and Bailey. That's been a thing for a long time that they really just haven't done. And I think that they really kind of missed that opportunity there, Ross, because Lord knows they're not going to go ahead and give you Bailey and Alexa Bliss again, because they've already done that so many different times. Now, granted, Alexa Bliss has now been a face for almost a year, but now she's kind of potentially not being a baby face. Now Alexa Bliss is now potentially turning heel because now she's doing the whole fiend thing. Now she's obsessed with the fiend and blah, blah, blah. But it still would have been rather interesting to see it be Alexa and Bailey. Why they had it be Nikki Cross again? I, I don't know. Heck, put Naomi versus Bailey for God's sake. Like I would have been happy with that. It's, it, if this whole match is a point of just giving Bailey another opponent to go ahead and puff up the record, then just go ahead and just put somebody else in there. I feel like it's a waste of time and it's a waste. And, and it's, I don't know. Like to me, you want all eyes on Bailey right now. I don't think there's a single soul watching on Bailey right now because they could care less of Nikki Cross versus Bailey for the second time of the year or third time even. And that's not a disrespect to Nikki Cross. It's just, we've already seen it. No, it is. No, trust me. This is, this, is, this is one of the many times in the year in WWE where it's literally, well, we did this once, let's just do it again because we have to fill time. Yeah, but they already did it twice. This is going to be the I, third time. That's a lot. It's a lot. What does that tell you about the state of the women's division in SmackDown? What does that it's tell crazy you? to me. It's crazy to me because last year when they, when, when they went over to Fox, it was SmackDown that was stacked, not Raw. Well, this is, now neither when, of them. Uh, this, this is what happens when Charlotte and Becky Lynch are both gone. That's a good. That's a great point. That is a oh, by the way, also by the way, also Ronda Rousey not in the company. I realized she yeah. wasn't on SmackDown, but that's 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 three of the people that were in the main event of that WrestleMania that are not working right now. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, I don't know about the Ronda thing because Ronda did leave like six months prior to them going to Fox. But you're, yeah, I'll give it to you. No, I'm just but saying. I think, yeah, but I think the, the the huge point is Becky and Charlotte. You're absolutely right. That's a lot of star power that's gone. Well, look, whether Ronda comes back or not. Which there's rumblings she is. 
Okay. It's, 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 I'm going to I'm going to reference something because it's in a lot of shoot interviews. When 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 Kevin Nash talks about when he and Hall and Hogan came back as the NWO in 2002, almost nobody wanted them to come back because they weren't coming in mid card. They were coming in as the NWO. If Ronda comes back, she's not coming in mid card. She's coming in at the top. It's just not, it's, it's just okay. If Brock Lesnar were to leave for six months and come back, he's not coming in mid card. He's coming in at the top. Maybe not for the title, but near the freaking top. Yeah, Ronda's top in three storylines in the company, probably. Yeah. So okay, so we're I I, I presume we're both in agreement that Bailey's retaining. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I'm sorry to okay. go off the diatribe. I just I need to no, get that out because it's just frustrating. It's annoying. Well, personally, I just wanted to get that match over with because it's uh it's not it's it's not the it's not at the top of my list. All right. Um. Yeah, I just want to get this match out of the way too. Your favorite match of the night. <laughs> Jeff Hardy defending his Intercontinental title against AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. So just as a brief aside as to how we got here. Uh, May, Sami Zayn had won the title not too far before this happened. But basically, he left because yeah. he didn't want to work during what was the beginning of this never-ending saga known as COVID-19 and said, okay, I don't want to work. So the company said, you hold a title and you don't want to work, so we're stripping you of the title. Okay, great. So uh, let's see. It was a tournament took place in which – AJ won the tournament and became the Intercontinental Champion, right? Correct. Him and him and Daniel Bryan were the final. Yes. So then put on AJ, a stellar match on SmackDown. So then AJ held the title until August when Jeff Hardy beat him, and Jeff Hardy's held the title for a month because Sami Zayn came back and he's like, "I never lost the title." Which then my question to you is, why'd you quit? Idiot. Ooh, I left because of COVID. Okay, great. Don't bitch about losing a title because you quit. Ass. Anyway, he's a heel. I'm supposed to hate him. I don't care. I've never been a fan of Sami Zayn. I don't care that he is a great word. Great. He had a great match against Nakamura. He had a never-ending feud against Kevin Owens. What else have you done, you ass? Kiss my ass. I hope you listen to this show. Ooh, I'm a no talent hack. Go kiss my ass. Ha ha ha. Tired of Sami Zayn. Get fired, ass. Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. Jeff Hardy was in an angle in which piss was thrown on him. Piss! And I think of him more highly than Sami Zayn. AJ Styles, the uh, the greatest competitor currently in wrestling. Currently wrestling for the Intercontinental title. After uh, wrestling against The Undertaker, wrestling for world titles, now he's hamming it up with the likes of Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn. 
This, this is a demotion, let me tell you. This is demotion. I don't know what you want me to say. I think what you want me to say is that this is probably going to be an entertaining match because Jeff Hardy, whatever you think of him personally and whatever you think of his work rate over the last 10 years can still probably go. AJ is probably going to have to carry this match for somebody who quit and somebody who has piss thrown in their face. So Sami Zayn came back and uh, yeah, he was, he was hanging out with, uh, who was it? Shinsuke and Cesaro. Was he hanging out with Jinder Mahal too before he got hurt? Or was that something different? No, I wish that was the case. By the way, don't hinder the gender. He's more talented. Let's go on. Uh, so here's what I'll say about this match. Once again, the Intercontinental title, I don't really care about. And I, look, if AJ's not going to wrestle for the world title, which I'm fine with, by the way, then him holding the Intercontinental title kind of makes sense. I kind of want him wrestling with the belt on TV all the time, especially since the Good Brothers just up and left for Impact Wrestling. Thank God, maybe they'll actually be booked like an actual tag team. Can you tell I've been waiting to absolutely blast Sami Zayn on this show? He sucks. It's, it's, he sucks. It's, it's sad. Let me just say something really quickly because, unfortunately, audience, because we're zooming this this recording, unfortunately, until you know the pandemic kind of cools off over here, and until Ross and I can go ahead and get a good schedule that works, so we can be back in the studio. Unfortunately, I'm muted. What you didn't realize was that for that entire monologue, I couldn't breathe because I did not expect that. I did not expect Ross to basically go absolutely ham on Sami Zayn. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a secret that both Ross and I don't think that Sami Zayn is the bee's knees. Um, because to me, he's not. Uh, but I did not expect my, my, my comrade and colleague in arms to, okay. to say uh, the hold, things hold that on. I just said. Hold on, hold on. I just want to make this clear so that nobody gets it twisted, okay? Sami Zayn has every right to not work in a situation where he does not feel safe. That's okay? fair. Yes, agreed. That, that I'm not complaining about. What I'm complaining about is the motivation of a character that says, I never lost the belt. Why did I lose the belt? Because you quit! It's the same reason why I never understood why Dolph Ziggler was trying to get sympathy after he won the U.S. title and then quit! Good point. And then all of a sudden just got a world title match. That didn't make any sense to me. How am I supposed to get behind that person? Well, they're a heel character. Makes sense! Okay, I'm sorry. I went on my rant. I'm sorry. I want AJ Styles to win this match. So that's who I'm picking because I don't care because I conceded to you back in March. That's who I want to win because that's who I want to see on TV wrestling with the bell. It is your floor. Please have it. I will be on mute. That is fine. Honestly, I... I... I was so entertained though. That's the thing. I was so entertained and I didn't want to go ahead and unmute myself because I felt like my laughter was going to go ahead and be choppy and all over your monologue. And I felt like it was disrespectful, but you saw my face and you saw me couldn't like unable to breathe. Um, I'm going to shock you. I'm actually going to say Sami Zayn wins this match and I'll tell you the reason why I think that they're going to, you know, uh, 
as much as I want AJ Styles to be featured on WWE television on a weekly basis, I think that he needs to be placed in a more, more in a bigger storyline. Like I, I really do think that I, I'm trying to figure out what that storyline should be though. Like I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in between a rock and a hard place trying to figure out where would I book AJ Styles right now? Because you can't book him with Roman. God knows you can't do that because they're both heels right now. Roman Reigns is the biggest heel on SmackDown. You, you, you can't put them against one another unless, unless you're going to turn AJ Styles babyface, but then you're just going to feed him to Roman. Like to me, I would want a, a certain level of unpredictability when it comes to Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. So that's off the table. So then where do you put AJ Styles? Nowhere, really, because, I mean, Daniel Bryan is working in creative right now, and he's not wrestling currently. And not to mention, we've already seen that feud. Now, would it be a nice change of pace if Daniel Bryan were the babyface this time? Yes, it would be, but I just – I feel like it's a rehash of something, and I wouldn't be as entertained as I was the first time. So I guess – I guess my heart – tells me to pick AJ, but I have a feeling they have a sneaky suspicion they're going to give it to Sammy. Because, I mean, for all the crap that you just said about Sammy Zayn and him bitching and complaining about not being the Intercontinental Championship and getting stripped of it last month, or not last month, back in, back in April, you're 100% accurate when you say Sammy Zayn left on his own accord. And under storyline, ladies and gentlemen, let, let it be known, we are talking via storyline. I'm not talking about Sami Zayn, the actual person. I could understand him leaving because of COVID in the same reason, in the same way that Roman left because of COVID. Let that be clear. Um, but I have a sneaky suspicion that they could possibly do that. Here's what I'll tell you right now. I, I love old Jeff Hardy. I do. It's just this current Jeff Hardy I don't need as a champion on my television set or on my phone or on my computer. Or on my or anything, I don't need to see Jeff Hardy as champion. So, this is what I pick, Ross. This is my official pick. I pick Jeff Hardy to lose the Intercontinental Championship. To whom I really don't care. I really don't care. Just pick your boy, Sami Zayn, and get it over with, because that'll make Absolutely a great not. story. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Okay. First of all, Sami Zayn is not my boy. Sami Zayn, to me, that has been. Be- that would be typical WWE booking. Hey, I won be. the title back in May. I quit. I came to get my belt back, and I win by a screw job. God, yeah. that would be annoying. Yeah, because to me, AJ Styles should have never lost the Intercontinental Championship to begin with. Hell, he lost it two weeks prior to SummerSlam. AJ Styles wasn't even on the card at SummerSlam. Like, can somebody explain that to me? Like, your your best wrestler in your company – and he wasn't on your second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Explain that to me, World Wrestling Entertainment. And then on top of that, you still didn't even book him for payback. Might as well go ahead and kick me in the face and call me hey whore. Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, the, Did you really Sam just say, a, kick me in the face and call me hey whore? Yeah, might as well. Wow. Like, that's disrespectful to me. Like, just be disrespectful to me, WWE. Just do that because I think it's stupid. I'm picking Sami Zayn because I feel like that's the, you know, that's their, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. Um, just get it off of Jeff Hardy. But Sami Zayn, I don't think is the right move, but I think it's their logical move. You know, I think I think Sami's gonna try and sneak his way back in with Cesaro and Shinsuke. Um, now that he's got the real Intercontinental Championship over his shoulder, 
I have a feeling they're going to do that. We're going to get their stable once again, the, the artist collective. Um, but yeah, go on Sammy, even though I don't want it. To me, it should be AJ, but AJ's got bigger fish to fry, man. What the what that fish what that fish is is beyond me though. That's 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 the struggle right now. You know you got a problem with eight when you can't book a huge storyline for AJ Styles. I have no words other than I completely forgot that there were not one, not two, but three tag team title matches on this show, and we've only talked about one of them. So here's what the uh, next match is going to be. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus the Riot Squad for the Women's Tag Team Championship. The Riot Squad lost a match to the Iconics. Then they wrestled them on TV for a number one contenders match in which the losing team had to break up, and they broke up the Iconics. Why? I have absolutely no idea. Unless... They plan on Peyton Royce or Billy Kay being the next great superstar on whatever it's, roster they're going to be on. By the way, are Peyton they – uh, Okay. So they've tried the Peyton Royce thing before. I don't know if they're really going to commit to it again. So – Okay, granted, here the, here's the thing, though. That was That was like four years ago. Peyton Royce has gotten exponentially hey. better in every single facet. So, so here's the thing, though. If Ruby Riot does not get surgery on both of her shoulders, I guarantee you they would have done the opposite result. Because Ruby Riot, out of that entire group and out of both teams, is, is the it has, the, has, has the most potential to be a single star. Agreed. 100%. But I'm guessing, they, I'm guessing they probably just decided that because they're easing her back in and it gives something for Liv Morgan to do, that they're just keeping that group together. So that's fine. Um, so they're getting a tag team title shot against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I hate that team. I'm going to continue to hate that team. Um, to me, it does not do Shayna Baszler any good. I realize it gives something Shane or it gives something Nia Jax to do without her killing wrestlers. My 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 answer to that would be to cut her, but they won't do that because she's related to a. WWE legend. Yeah. That didn't stop them from cutting Sean Stasiak. Or a bunch of other people. Not defending Sean Stasiak. He sucks. I'm just saying. <laughs> they've cut people that are related to people that are very famous. Stan the Man Stasiak was kind of a deal back in Curtis the day. Chris Axel, his dad is the best wrestler to never win a world title, probably. One of, yes. Correct. So, yeah, that, that, that's – anyway, I could go on about Nia Jax, but, like, my, my solution to that is don't put her on TV, just cut her. Just let AEW sign her and have a match with her and Awesome Kong to see which one hurts the other one first. I'm not kidding. That would probably happen. They'd probably pipe it up, too. Anyway. Anyway. Um – they're going to keep this team together until they find something for Shayna Baszler to do. Um, I don't know what that's going to be. I mean, I could think of about seven different things they could do with Shayna Baszler, including make her the captain of a Survivor Series team and have them just win. 
with the stakes being the winning team gets title shots or the person that gets the final elimination gets a title shot. It's not that hard, WWE. Having stakes. Shayna. It will work. So, no, the Riot Squad are not winning the tag team titles because it's not time for this group to lose. So once again, this is another match I don't care about because they're not going to change the titles. So there's no anticipation. There's no real stakes. There's no real, like, actual drama. So I don't care. So Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler retain. I move on with my life. It pains me to say this, Ross. It pains me. Because over the last two years, I have had a strong voice. And I've been incredibly, incredibly supportive of this team for a really long time. And I'm not just trying to, you know, pat my own back. Ross can back me up. I have been saying from the get-go that the Riot Squad was fire. I have been saying that. I have been a part of the Riot Squad train for a long time. I'm, I've been the conductor of said train. Am I right, Ross? I'm not just saying that. Like, th- these are the facts, ladies and gentlemen. If there's, there's a, if there's anything that I've been consistent about on this podcast, it's one, the fact that I've been a, been a, a Becky Lynch guy since 2014 and not since the man. That's one. Two, I have been saying that AJ Styles is the best wrestler on the planet since probably over the last five years. Three, I have been saying that the Riot Squad needed to be tag team champions within the calendar year of when they debuted said tag team titles. And they did not. And then they decided to break them up because Ruby Wyatt had to have double shoulder surgery and then you let go of Sarah Logan. Now, granted, Sarah Logan is pregnant. She's having a baby, a Viking baby. I'm totally all for that. Yes. Here's my problem. I want to be able to appreciate said win of Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan as women's tag team champions. And if they were to beat Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, it would feel flat to me. And the, Ross kind of said it best. It really would. You, you, not only would it feel flat, but then Shayna Baszler loses again. Shayna Baszler would lose again. And then, I'm sorry, listen, we're not big fans of Nia Jax on this podcast, but it would make Nia Jax look foolish if she were to lose within this time frame of just having completely demoralized along with Shayna Baszler, Sasha Banks and Bailey, if she were to lose, if they were to lose in their first defense against the riot squad, it would be demoralizing and Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax would never be taken seriously ever again. But then at the same time, the riot squad would not be, they'd be looked at as people who can't win the big one. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, it's so annoying. So like, what do, I, what do I care about most? Do I care about the Riot Squad finally getting over the hump and finally getting um, gold around their waist? Or the booking of Nia, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, not, I really could care less about the booking of Nia Jax, but the booking of Shayna Baszler. And, and I'm sorry, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think that the booking of Shayna Baszler is what's more important here because of her importance within the women's roster. And I think that's, ne- that's what needs to be thought about here, ladies and gentlemen, is... Shayna Baszler's importance of what she could possibly be over the next six months. If we want to take seriously the fact of getting an Oscar versus Shayna match, 
she can't be losing to the riot squad. And I hate to say that. I hate to say it. It pains me to say it because if there were two tag teams that I've been saying that needed to be women's tag team champions, it was the riot squad and Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And neither of them were got, got ever got a shot at the titles. And it's just ridiculous. So I'm picking Nia and Shayna because I don't want them to ruin Shayna. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are defending their SmackDown tag team titles against who else? Lucha House Party, because why not, right? Because there aren't any other good tag teams on SmackDown for them to do because... Well, there's nobody on SmackDown. Kalisto and Grand Metalik beat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura in a non-title match from two weeks ago. That is why they're getting this title match. I'm assuming that those two are going to be working this match, although Lince Dorado may work as well. I, I don't know. So I'm just under the assumption that they would just have the two guys that beat them wrestle them. I'm glad this is not a three-on-two match for the tag team titles because that match has actually happened in the past. This is true, but I think it sounds to me like Lucha House Party is going to be using the Freebird rule a la the New Day. Okay, great. Uh, not not, not dismissing you. I'm just saying Lucha House Party is so irrelevant that I really, like, as much as I'm glad the New Day is, like, not really a thing anymore, um, the Lucha House Party using the Freebird rule is, like, I, I don't have a good analogy. It's 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 basically irrelevant, is what I'm saying. That's fair. Um, totally understand. So, I have begged and pleaded for WWE to say maybe pair Cesaro and Sheamus back together and reform the bar because they're credible and they're awesome. However, however, if your idea is to give something for Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura to do, they are actually a fun team. I actually really thoroughly enjoy watching them, probably because they're they're two guys that since they've been in WWE have been pretty big, pretty big assets coming into the company. Like Cesaro was kind of a big deal coming into WWE. I I don't know if WWE expected him to rise as fast as they did, and they kind of pushed him back down again. And Shinsuke Nakamura had a pretty successful first run in WWE when it came to being in NXT and being successful coming into the WWE ranks. Shinsuke Nakamura, his debut at NXT TakeOver was unlike anything we've seen ever. You mean mean the last good thing Sami Zayn's done? Good to know. That was what, four years ago? As of 2016, correct. I mean, not to not to dis, not to discuss Sami Zayn yet again, but the only good thing Four that Sami Zayn, yes, only thing that Sami Zayn did that was good was putting over Shinsuke Nakamura. Clean. Oh no, re- really, really. Name me name me something of relevance that he's done in the last four years. Uh, absolutely nothing. I, I'm genuinely nothing. Uh, well, hold on. In the last four, okay, never mind. I was going to say four years. He I was going to say heel, something, but it, he no. turned heel and helped. Kevin Owens avoid a table spot. Yeah, no, no, that's that's the only thing that he's done. Uh, okay. He he won the Intercontinental Championship from from Braun Strowman, and that was kind of a big deal. But then obviously he went away. Okay. Um, Great. And I was going to say Strowman his match with John Cena was 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 a classic match, but that was fine. Which he got hurt in. 
But you got hurt. Get hurt. It was five yeah. years ago. That is correct. Yes. Okay. And that was okay. not John Cena's fault. We clarified that was not John Cena's no. fault. No. My entire point is that Sami Zayn gets talked about as this great athlete and this great yes. worker. He's done jack for four years. I agree with Which, you. By the way, I... it's not his fault. It is also the booking fault. But let's be clear. He's done jack in four years. I'm supposed to take him seriously. I'm no, sorry that right. I had to explode earlier, but I had to. It's fine. It's fine. No, no. Because I, I agree with you. Because there's a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens is better. Yeah. A lot Ass. Better. Ass clown what he is thank you chris jericho for that appreciate it or an ass hat by the way i i miss talking about chris jericho he uh he was swimming in mimosa last time we talked about him i miss him being the champion with an actual belt the point is that is not the show true just really quickly tnt is going to be holding a special show in two weeks time it's the 30 years of chris jericho i'm so hyped for that what it's gonna be it's gonna be tremendous uh so back on cesaro and nakamura being awesome um i'm giving them a chance i really am because i've loved cesaro i feel really bad for what they've done to shinsuke nakamura um i really do think shinsuke nakamura is going out of this company in the near future i think he's leaving um and i think Whenever somebody says they want to leave, they start pushing them again, and then they resign, and then they just bury them again. So hopefully, for his sake, he just leaves. Because as much as some people will miss him, he is getting he is getting on the old side. He's 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 not young, and if he wants to keep wrestling, I think he can do better for his career, not being stuck in mediocrity in WWE. That being Shinsuke, said, Shinsuke Nakamura is forty years old. That being said, I expect him and Cesaro to retain the titles. Lucha House Party are getting a chance because they have nothing else better to do than put Lucha House Party in a freaking tag team title match because tag team wrestling isn't taken seriously. They're retaining. That's it. I think, okay, hold on. Before you say anything, I think the one positive that can be taken away from this potential feud is I they will have a good match. I, I think that needs to be to be seen. If Kalisto doesn't work, I agree with you. Yes, if it's uh, Lin- thank you. you just... Yes, that yeah. could... Okay, okay, hold on. Yeah. If Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik work this match, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this. Top three matches on the show. Yes. In fact, I may even tell you, it may be the best match on the show. Probably. Uh, that's not a joke. I, I mean, hey, listen, I'm, I will be. I will also say that I've been on the Lince Dorado bandwagon for a very long time, and Ross has been on the Grand Metal League ban- bandwagon for a very long time. So, therefore, we are on that bandwagon together. We're driving it. We have also said that Kalisto <laughs> is not as good as those two, and that's just a fact. Is Kalisto good? Yeah, he's I. He's cool. Like him and Sin Cara were okay. You know, I, you know, I think the fact, here's the thing. This is the thing about Kalisto. I'm not to go on a bad track about Kalisto, but here's the thing. Just because he pulled off one cool spot through a ladder on Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso, whoever it was, all of a sudden they, people think he's hot crap and he's not, he's not, Kalisto's not that good. I'm sorry. 
He, there's a lot of cruiserweights in, in WWE that are much better than Kalisto is. And by the way, I've met Kalisto, the nicest guy in the world. Super chill dude. That doesn't mean that he's that great. Here's the thing. People have, con- have been comparing him to Rey Mysterio for a really long time. He's not even in the same sentence, let alone the same paragraph, let alone the same damn page as Rey Mysterio at all. Okay? He's not. And if he would have been in that cruiserweight tournament back in 2016, you would have noticed Kalisto's not as good as any of the other competitors that actually were in that cruiserweight tournament. You know who was one of the better cruiserweight competitors in that tournament? Grand Malik and Lindsay Dorado. Just throwing that out there. I mean, those are the facts, ladies and gentlemen. So do I care about the storyline regarding this match? Hell no. But if... If it's Linsa Dorado and Grandmother Leek that are wrestling against Cesaro and, Shin- and Shinsuke Nakamura, you're going to have yourself a really, really entertaining 9 to 12 minute match that you're going to be like, oh, I forgot that these four guys have really great chemistry and really can go. Because if you look back at Money in the Bank earlier this year, this is Money in the Bank, and this is not even the last three years. If you look at Money in the Bank, we saw Kalisto, or excuse me, not Kalisto, we saw Linsa Dorado and Grandmother Leek in a fatal four-way tag team match along with the New Day, the Forgotten Sons, and I believe, was it Shinsuke Nakamura and, and, and Cesaro? Was that right, Ross? I believe that that was the fatal four-way at Money in the Bank. My point is, what did we see? I'll tell you what we saw. We saw Gran Monalik and Linsa Dorado be very, very entertaining. They were part of the mix. They actually looked like they could pick up the victory. It made sense that they were in there. They were high-flying. They were really energetic, and they were doing their best to be themselves. And now they have that opportunity. Hopefully, WWE books the match right and actually puts Linsa Dorado and Grand Metalik as the tag team competitors. And by the way, I think a couple weeks ago, did we not see Kalisto start to go ahead and go at it with Linsa Dorado? And like it, they were starting to shove each other and whatnot. All of a sudden, there was kind of like it looked like the Lucha House Party was about to break up, and now they're in a tag team match. Can we can we just break up the Lucha House Party, please? I mean, here's a, I, I'm gonna agree with you because you've got two really tag talented dudes and a guy who's relatively talented, just not as talented as the other two. They could be doing a lot of other stuff. Maybe maybe they could be in the NXT Cruiserweight division and actually have that division pop back off again. Maybe, but to me, you want an entertaining SmackDown tag team title match? To me, it's got to be Cesaro and Shinsuke defending against Metalik and Dorado. That that will be entertaining. You have Kalisto in that match, not going to be anywhere near as entertaining, and I'm just going to – I would actually take a piss break and a long one at that because I have a kidney stone that I'm trying to pass. And right. I'm, picking, I'm picking Cesaro and Shinsuke, by the way. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saving for last. So this is my next. Why on God's green earth is Jey Uso getting a title match against Roman Reigns? No, 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 no. Hold on. I was hoping that you would make that match last. Damn you, Ross. Damn you and your booking decisions. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, I'm looking. I actually so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this match. Why? 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 Who cares that they're family? Who cares? 
It's not about the family thing, Ashley. I think it's about the way, the potential of seeing how ruthless Roman Reigns is going to be. Okay. So, for those of you that don't know. For those of you stuck under a rock over the last month and a half. Okay. At Payback, Big E and Matt Riddle won matches against Sheamus and King Corbin. Okay, that's important. A fatal four-way match was scheduled between Big E, Riddle, Corbin, and Sheamus. Why they pointed out that they had victories at the previous pay-per-view only to put them in a fatal four-way match, I have no idea because you would think that you'd have an advantage because wins and losses are supposed to matter. So oh, then... Can I answer that question or do you want to... Uh, uh, I'll let you go. I'm sorry. Go ahead, okay. boss. Okay. So, there's supposed to be a number one contenders match at Clash of Champions. Correct? There was I don't I I don't know about that. I think the number okay. one contender the, the number one contendership match happened on SmackDown. Okay. So, no, actually, you're right. I misread that. Yeah. On SmackDown, they were going to have a number one contenders match to name the number one contender to face Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions. That is correct, yeah. And then okay. Big E got eliminated backstage. Yes. So, so Big E is taken out of the match. Big E. So now we have a triple threat for the number one contenders match, right? So instead of just having a triple threat, they decide, let's put a fourth guy in the match. And let's just not pick anybody. Let's pick Jay Uso. And let's not only put him in the match, let's have him win. Okay. I'm not kidding with this comparison, by the way, because it fits on multiple levels. In the year of our Lord, 2000, WCW decided, hey, we're going to have a feud between Kevin Nash and Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious is going to challenge Kevin Nash for the world title, but first he has to beat the tag team known as the Harris Brothers in a roadblock match. In what which, the hell is a roadblock match? It's a match that if Sid Vicious didn't win, he wouldn't face Kevin Nash for the title. But since he won, so, so he beats roadblock. So he beats the Harris brothers, and then he beats Kevin Nash, who becomes the world champion. The next night on Thunder, Kevin Nash comes out and says, "You pinned the wrong Harris brother. You're stripped of the title. I'm taking the title, and you're getting a rematch tonight against me." And the Harris brother you didn't pin in a triple threat cage match. So, yes, that's correct. Ron Harris was in a world title match for World Championship Wrestling in the year of our Lord 2000 with Kevin Nash and Sid Vicious. Jey Uso getting a title match in 2020 against Roman Reigns is worse 
than Ron Harris getting a title match in basically a handicap world title match in which he and Kevin Nash lost to Sid Vicious, who had to pin Kevin Nash to win the title. So I don't care how you sugarcoat it. I don't care what you say. I don't care if they're family. I don't care about anything. Jay frickin' Uso is getting a world title match against the biggest heel in your company. Kiss my ass, WWE. Roman Reigns wins. I am done talking about this. Man, we should have gotten a bleep on meter for Ross. Jeez. So many asses and bitching and more asses and just bitching. It's, it's hysterical and it makes me laugh and it brings me joy. <laughs> I'm not beeping any of it. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm glad you're not. I gotta, I gotta recompose myself for a second. By the way, did we mention the fact that the triple threat for the IC title, that, did we say that that was a ladder match? I don't care. Okay, I'm just. For those of you who are curious, that is a ladder match. I don't care either. Back to this match, which I believe, well, first of all, I believe that this is probably going to be, eh, no, actually, you know what? No, I don't think this is going to be an event. If this um, main event's the show, if this main event's the show, our, our pay-per-view streak may be in jeopardy. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. If McIntyre and Orton in an ambulance match is not the main event and this crap main event's over it, our streak may be in jeopardy. Not kidding. Okay. Ross has spoken. Um, I'll tell you why this is totally okay with me to do. Now, by the way, <laughs> um, I, 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 need to, I, I need to preface this with this. This match can't go longer than 10 minutes. And I'll tell you the reason why. You might say, Jorge, wow, that's short for a world title match. The point of this, 10 minutes, I said, Ross, not, not, 50, not 20 10 minutes. And there's a reason why I don't want this to go longer than 10 minutes. This match is all it's meant to do. There's one purpose to this match. And that is to book monster Roman Reigns. Not he, not heel. Not, oh, I'm a heel. I'm the Samoan tribal chief. <laughs> no. Dagnabbit, no. This is meant to be Roman Reigns. By golly the big monster heel that Braun Strowman just can't be. This is, this is what it's meant to be. So I don't need to see Roman Reigns pin Jimmy Uso. I need to see Roman Reigns obliterate Jay Uso. Did I say Jimmy? I don't care. You know what? Jimmy, Jay, Naomi, I don't care. Tamina, for all that matter. Nia. I just need to see complete, utter obliteration. And not because I don't like Jey Uso, because on the contrary, I have been saying, if you want to go ahead and add this to another consistency thing, I have been saying that the Usos have been the best tag team of the decade for quite a while now. So this is not a hate, but like a hate train of Jey Uso. On the contrary, I'm very, I'm still very excited for this match, but I'm exciting. I'm excited for the potential. I'm excited for the evolution of Roman as a heel. If to me, the best way to book Roman Reigns is to have him completely obliterate everybody. That's the best way to do it. By starting with his family member, it's the perfect way to do it. I, I need 17 chair shots. I need four different spears. I need Jay to go through a table. I need him to go through the barricade. I need him to go through the stage. I need all that in 10 minutes. 
just complete utter obliteration. I don't want Jey Uso to get a single lick on Roman Reigns. I don't want that. I don't need a super kick. I don't need anything. I need a complete utter obliteration, and I need Roman Reigns to not feel bad about it. I don't want this whole fighting with his emotions thing. I don't want this, oh, man, he's my cousin thing. I want it to be that Roman Reigns shows up with the title and says, fam, I'm not me anymore. You was about to die in three, two, one, boom. That's what I need from Roman Reigns. I need complete and utter destruction. Why? Not because I hate Jey Uso, because on the contrary, I love Jey Uso. But because I love Roman Reigns more, and I need heel Roman to work. I need people to hate him. I need people to completely loathe him for this heel turn to work. I don't want it to be that when the crowds come back, you've got 60% of the crowd cheering for Roman Reigns because they're, he's the cool heel. I don't want Roman as the cool heel. I want him as the ass bleep heel. I want him, I want people to hate him more than they hate Brock Lesnar. That, that is how you're supposed to book a Roman Reigns as a heel, ladies and gentlemen. Roman Reigns completely, utterly destroys Jey Uso, and that's the way it should be. Thank God we are at the main event of this show. The only thing I give a damn about, which is the ambulance match between two people that are actually good that I actually care about. Drew okay, McIntyre. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Who else am I forgetting on this show that, that I actually give a damn about everybody in the match? Oh, that you care about everybody in the match? Yeah. Name one. Name one. You care about everyone in the match. Yep. Bob and Apollo? <laughs> I don't I don't care about Bobbert and Apollo. I don't. Sorry. Next. Damn it. Poor Bobito. Well, that's not true. You actually do care about Bobby Lashley. You just can care less about Apollo Cruz. Correct. Is there anybody is, is 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 there any other match which I care about everybody else in the match? The answer is no. It hurts me because you should care about Jimmy versus Roman, but you're just wrong. You mean you mean you mean, you mean Jay is that you're the one defending it? Did I say Jimmy again? Yes. Damn it. I'm telling but, you. Mean, I'm telling you. They Ron so and much Don alike. Har yeah, just like Ron and Don Harris. <laughs> All right. An ambulance match because apparently this needed a stipulation. Which whatever, I'm 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 not okay. I know, I know what you're gonna say, but I have to say it. In the year of our Lord 2000, <laughs> WCW decided to do a hard reset of their of their program in which they stripped all of the belts. During this time, hold on, hold on. I'm getting to my point. One of the many gimmick matches that they absolutely ran into the ground between April of 2000 and December of 2000 was ambulance matches. Because I kid you not, there was like three pay-per-views in a row in which an ambulance match was involved involving different competitors. Why? Because Vince Russo has no idea what booking is from from his ass and a hole in the ground. 
Now, I'm fine if this match is essentially a no holds barred or no rules, really, like whatever match you want to call it, that involves you putting somebody in an ambulance. I get that is the what brutality. An match is. I, I, I get that that's the next stage of brutality they are telling. Here's my problem. Okay. It's actually my biggest problem of this feud. Randy is damn near at the top of his game right now. He really is. However, Drew's the best champion in all of wrestling. It's like, it's like you can't kill Drew just because Randy is at the top of his game. But you can't kill Randy when he's at this point where it's like he's really freaking good right now. And I don't want to kill momentum. Okay, here's what I will attribute this to. I am not it's similar to last year. I am not equating this to some of the feuds, some of the greatest feuds, in which guys wrestle multiple times and one guy wins every match okay an example of this which by the way i don't know when we're going to do it but we are going to do a tdt's classic series that involves triple h and batista it's an awesome feud triple h was never really minimized and he put over batista clean three times it made batista is what it did and it didn't really hurt triple h nope so i think there's a way where Randy Orton could lose every match in this feud to Drew McIntyre, it do him absolutely no harm, and Drew McIntyre becomes even bigger than he already is. Or just adds credibility to who he already is. So, go ahead. I agree with you, but the one thing that they have to be very careful of is, I, I equate this to last year, because that's what Randy did last year for Kofi. You know, to me, and I think both of us can agree with uh, with one another. I, I, to me, the right person to beat Kofi was Randy, and not feed him to Brock three weeks later. Because to me, it, it, I would have felt I, I would have said that Kofi's run would have been more of a success had Randy beat him instead of just feeding him to Kofi to, to Brock in under a minute. So, but because Randy put over Kofi. I wouldn't say twice. He really put him over once, but one of the matches, it was a double DQ at SummerSlam, which to me, completely honest with you, was the wrong call. That was the wrong call. Just have either Kofi get disqualified or Randy get disqualified. A double DQ made no sense to me, or just have Kofi win barely and then Randy gets another rematch. My point is, Randy's already done that. I don't know if I want to see him do that again another year in a row, but at the same time, you're so right on Drew. You're so right on Drew. He is the best world champion in pro wrestling right now. He really is. And no disrespect to John Moxley, because John Moxley's at the top of his game too. But Drew McIntyre is at the height of his career right now. Sure. So, I'm going to be honest. I really am. Given this show, yeah. I'll be bold. I will be bold. 
I think this match needs to go damn close to 30 minutes. I'll tell you why. Because I really do think if you want to pump up this brutality to another level, you have to have these two slog it out. It can be a 50-50 battle the whole way. And by the way, most of the time when I say a match should be 50-50, I'm not a big fan of that because at some level I want somebody to be in control. Somebody can be in control of a match 60-40 and still lose. Somebody can be in control of a match 99-1 and still lose if it's done right. So with this, I really think they want to tell the story that both guys have something to prove which is Randy still thinks he can beat Drew because Drew beat him via a backslide. He did not beat him with his finisher and cover him. Drew probably has something to prove of, okay, I beat you, but I need to just beat you again because you're the vet, you're the bigger star, you are the WWE. I mean, basically... On the WWE show right now, name me a bigger star that's there with regularity. Than Randy? Right now. I mean, I would have told you Roman, but Roman hasn't been a regular up until now. He was gone for six months. So, yeah, it's either AJ or Randy. Okay. So, you put this position of they both have something to prove. And they and, and it can't just be another wrestling match. Because, okay, now, they were in the main event of the last show, which was Payback. No, Correct? No. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were the semi-main of SummerSlam. No, no you're, you're right. It was SummerSlam. That's what yeah. I meant to say. SummerSlam, okay. not Payback. Because, yes, SummerSlam. So SummerSlam... They were not even the main event of that show, and they probably should have been, but whatever. That match went 20 minutes, and that was a wrestling match. Now you're adding in they can fight anywhere in the building, and the match can only win via somebody getting thrown into an ambulance. Okay? So, this is how you play it. Randy gets the hell beaten out of him for the first five minutes because Drew's got something to prove. Drew tries to beat him in a wrestling match, even though it's an ambulance match, if that makes sense. He's trying to beat him up to the point where he can just get it over with and get Randy out of his life. Randy comes back and basically dominates most of the middle part of the match and says, well, you may be the world champion, but you only beat me via backslide. I'm much better than you, and I'm just going to beat you around for like 10 or 15 minutes, like consecutively. Like, I don't need Drew having a comeback. I need Drew to be humbled for a little while. And then somehow, some way, Drew fights back and Drew gets another close win over Randy in a way where Randy doesn't take his finisher again. And somehow like somehow Drew wins without having to kick him in the face with the Claymore, okay? Like, he may have hit him earlier in the match with it, 
but he didn't put him in the ambulance right afterwards. Like, he hit it in the ring and then was like, oh, crap, now I got to carry this guy, right? So it doesn't lead to the finish. That way, when Drew beats him again, which I do think is going to happen, I do think he's going to retain the title, well, Randy can come out the next night and be like, okay, you beat me with a backslide and you threw me in an ambulance. You still haven't beaten me. And if you do it right, Drew doesn't even have to have a title match in Survivor Series. Now, I understand what they're probably going to do. They're probably going to do champion versus champion like they always do at SummerSlam. I wouldn't do that. I would have Team Drew versus Team Randy and have it be a Survivor Series match in which Randy Orton's team wins. And then you set up the final match of Randy versus Drew and go from there. So for me... Everything I just laid out, and I, I, I promise I'll give you the floor. I just wanted to lay all that out, which is, to me, I fully understand the argument of Randy should beat him. I understand that argument. I do. And if done correctly, I could see it working because Randy's that good right now. However, if you're asking me what I would do in this situation, personally, I would set up the third match. And if you're going to set up the third match, since this is a stipulation match and no one's going to win in a wrestling match with somebody getting their shoulders pinned to the ground for three seconds or taps out in the middle of a ring and wins a title, I think it would be a cop-out way for Randy Orton to win the title. Now, again, you could make the argument that that would be the perfect way for Randy Orton to beat him because he can't beat him. But I don't think that's the story they're telling. I think the story is telling of Drew having to beat the top dog and it taking a couple of steps. Hey, you beat me. Barely. Then you threw me in an ambulance. Barely. Now you got to beat me again. And that's where you put him over. So I'm saying Drew McIntyre wins the ambulance match and retains the WWE Championship. I mean, I think that's a perfectly well-booked scenario, Ross. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, but I think, I think WWE is getting. I think they're itching. I really do think that they're itching. Um, not because Drew's not getting the job done, because on the contrary, Drew's getting the job done, very much so. Again, I'll stress it again. He's the best world champion in wrestling right now. By the way, can I just point this out? The world champions in WWE right now. Probably the best set of world champions they've had in a long time. I'm not lying. You look at Drew, very strong WWE champion. Roman Reigns, face of the company, your universal champion, and a heel currently. You've got Finn Balor as a great NXT champion, even though he just won the title, but that's a heck of a pick. It's a very good pick. And then Walter, who, of course, nobody could have imagined the – the pandemic ravaging, but I mean, he's still been a great UK champion for the year and a half that he's been the champion, right? So to me, if you really think about it, that's a great stack of world champions that you have in WWE's favor right now. That all being said, I think, I think they want to go the Randy Orton route. I really do. And I think that's what they're going to do. And I think that this is a perfect way of them still protecting Drew. Like, because obviously Drew would be protected. He's not getting pinned, you know? 
So that is a perfect way of them saying, see, universe, we don't hate Drew McIntyre. We love Drew McIntyre, which is the reason why we're going to go ahead and not have him get pinned. Uh, here's one thing that I want to throw at you for a second, Ross. Throughout this entire time of you saying how well booked Randy Orton has been, you never mentioned the fact that Keith Lee beat him at payback. And I'll tell you the reason why you didn't mention it. Because even though it was a big moment and it pissed a lot of people off, Randy Orton was so good that people forgot about that for a second. But then they still don't forget about the fact that Keith Lee did it, but you forget that Randy Orton lost. And I think that I think that's a, 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 a testament to how good Randy has been, that it makes you forget all the negative things that have happened to him over the past couple of months. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. Oh, no. I didn't forget that Keith Lee beat Randy Orton in a squash match over a guy that was going to be in line for a WWE title match. I did not forget that and the stupidity of that. But that's me because now I look at it and go, oh, Keith Lee beat Randy Orton? Cool. Was there there any payoff to that? No, because Randy Orton's getting the title shot and Keith Lee isn't. Now, if this was Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee for the championship, that'd be a different story. Because maybe you built up the fact that Randy Orton just thought he was going to walk in and get his rematch against Drew McIntyre. But then that didn't happen. So I'm supposed to care about Keith Lee beating Randy Orton. Why? I think think that it speaks volumes in regards to Keith Lee getting a championship match against Randy Orton in in the near future, in the very near future. Listen, I don't want this to happen as much as anybody else does, but I have a feeling WWE, if I know WWE, if I know them, which I do, it would not in the slightest surprise me to see Randy Orton walk out with the WWE Championship on Sunday. Would I be mad about it? No, not necessarily, because again, this has been the best Randy Orton we've seen in the last five years, like easily. But at the same time, Damn, Drew's been on a heck of a run. Like, Drew McIntyre should in no way, shape, or form be at all disappointed with how great he has been as champion over the last seven months. Like, it's been thoroughly, thoroughly great. So, I'm going with Randy only because of WWE logic. But I don't want it necessarily, but I'm cool with it. I just know WWE, and I have a feeling that that's what they'll do. So, ladies and gentlemen, a squash of champions for you. We just went over nine matches. I feel like that was lightning speed, and yet I'm here to tell you, truthfully, potentially I care about two matches on this show. Two. If it's Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado, then I will like that match against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't really care about Kalisto. As long as Cesaro and Shinsuke retain, right? Yes. The rest of the show, outside of what should be and better be the main event, I have no real great desire to see. I, I I don't know what else you want me to tell you. I, I, I just this I will I will actively tell you if you want to watch this pay-per-view, sweet. 
I will not be watching this live. I have better things to do. Does it mean that I will still watch the pay-per-view at some point? Yes, it will. But I will not be watching this live because I don't really care enough to watch it live because I've got other things I could be doing that are going to fill that three hours of time that I'm more invested in. That's me. I'm being honest. So we'll see. I, I, I WWE has done something very good lately with their B and C pay-per-views is keep them under three hours. And now it seems like they're going back to that formula of stacking a card that does not need to be stacked at all. Like, I, that's why I was able to appreciate Money in the Bank. That's why I was able to appreciate Extreme Rules. That's why I was able to appreciate Backlash. That's why I was even able to appreciate Payback to an extent. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my, my boys in my office with me currently, and they're having a good time before because they're going to bed soon. Um, but I need them to be treading water on this pay-per-view in their running time because if it goes over three hours, I'm, it's going to be a slog. Because Ross is right, unfortunately. There are some matches on this card that I don't even care about. Like, and it pains me to say that. The triple, the triple threat ladder match for the IC title with a legend, the best wrestler on the planet, and a guy who isn't bad, I could care less for. The tag team title match, who has, who, who has, which has one of my favorite wrestlers on, on the show today in Andrade. I could care less about my one of my favorite female tag teams has a title shot. I could care less about Roman and Jay. I only care about it to see the evolution of Roman, but I don't care that it's that it's happening because I I don't really care. I just I, I want to see Roman obliterate him. Yeah, but I don't care. There's there's a lot of stuff on the show that I'm just like, bro, really? That's what you could come up with in a month. That being said, that being said, um, yeah, this show is going to be a show, and it's going to be it is going to be it is what it is. Go ahead, Ross. So, I feel like we covered a lot. Uh, I I I will say that uh, next week's show will, of course, be the review show of this uh, wonderful pay per view that uh, we just talked about, and then the week after, that's the one I'm looking forward to, which is. Our year in review of not only AEW, but the weekly television show known as AEW Dynamite. Where they started, how they've progressed, how they've mostly just been running roughshod over NXT, especially since they went head-to-head on Wednesday nights. Um, The positives, the negatives, uh, some of the things they can do going forward. It's going to be kind of an open discussion in two weeks' time when we talk about AEW and AEW Dynamite, a uh, year in review, because we'll be at that point where uh, they will have done, or they will have started their television almost a year ago. I can't believe it's been a year since that company started uh, really being the clear alternative to World Wrestling Entertainment. There are out there when it comes to wrestling, but as a clear alternative number two company, AEW put its mark and made its mark on the, of professional wrestling. I am very excited to go over it. We don't talk enough AEW on the show. It's not that we don't like to. It's just, well, half the time they've been on the air, we've had this thing called COVID, and there haven't been fans, 
And along with WWE and everything else, it's been very hard to watch weekly programming. So even though we've been keeping tabs on it, and for those of you that watch the show, you know what they've been doing and the good things they've been doing. But we felt like it was time. It was a nice little gap between pay-per-views. It was, it was a good enough time in our schedule to just devote a show to AEW. Really looking forward to it. That is in two weeks' time. Again, next week's show is the review show of this fine pay-per-view clash of champions. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add to the end of the show? J-Man. Yeah, man. Uh, tomorrow, pay attention to hops and box office flops, man. Ross's appearance on the show is going to be coming up. Uh, I was there until I had an emergency run that I had to go to the hospital before we even started the program, which sucked. I'm okay but I wasn't able to be a part of the program, but Ross represented so well. Hops and box office flops with Tom the Thunderous Wizard, Captain Cash, Chumzilla, featuring Boss Ross, talking Dukes of Hazard from 2005. It was a banger of an episode. I can't wait to listen to it. I've listened to a snippet of, all, a snippet of it already on the Instagram page from Hops and box office flops. It's fantastic. They are a great friend to our show and we appreciate them very much. And Ross, of course, kills it because he's Ross. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, next week, Clash of Champions review. Oh, and of, um, after the AEW, we we we've gotten we've gotten November straightened up, ladies and gentlemen. We got we got shows for November. We've got some cl- classic series that we're very excited to talk about. And then Wrestling with Respect will join us uh, second week of October. So very much, very very much looking forward to that. We've got a nice little slate of shows coming up in the next month and a half. There it is. So again, that was your Clash of Champions 2020 preview and prediction show. This has been the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast for the J-Man. I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side.